Welcome to Views from Stadium Boulevard. I'm Harley Johnson. And I'm Hannah Harshi. And we're back for another week of your favorite Michigan sports podcast. And this week, well, um, I'm sure we all expected something better. <laughs> but Michigan basketball is in 44 days. So just bear That's that in mind. There's yeah. a light at the end of the tunnel. As we go through this episode, you're probably going to cry a lot with us, but... Yeah, just keep in mind that Michigan basketball is coming soon. You can hold on to that. We're almost there. Um, so, honestly, if you guys don't know, Michigan lost to Wisconsin yesterday in an absolutely humiliating fashion. Mm. They lost 35-14. It was a train wreck. It looked horrible. Like, that score, there's a huge point differential there, but that score doesn't even begin to cover how horrible we looked. Um, and so my summary is that there's nothing to do about Michigan football anymore except for laugh. And then have some avocado toast and maybe get, like, a facial. That's my only reaction. I really don't know what else to do. It's really just... I've been kind of giving up. I think, like, at this point, you don't have to be stressed anymore. Because you have no expecta- expectations anymore. Like, I don't ex- I don't assume to win anything anymore. And I think that took a lot of the edge off for me. So now I can just focus on other things and laugh while I watch a football game for four hours on Saturday. And, um, you know, I think we look really good at the bottom of the Big Ten East, right next to Rutgers. So. Right where we belong. Yeah. And we'll get into that. We'll get into that because we're playing Rutgers next week for Rivalry Week has come early this year, (laughs) and we have a big game next week. Um, So we will get into that eventually. We are also going to get into whether or not we think Harbaugh's on the hot seat because we have some very strong takes on that. So, if you want to hear about that, stick around. But first, we're going to kind of break down the game. So, and, and to answer our last question that was posed by our podcast, can we beat Wisconsin? The answer is no. Yeah, spoiler. If you haven't, if you've been living under a rock, we cannot beat Wisconsin. That was not a game where it was like, oh, Wisconsin won, but we could beat them if we played them again. That was like, no. That no. Was, if we wow, had to play Wisconsin dominated. again, we would absolutely lose. It would look exactly the same. I have... No, if we, if somehow, if it was like basketball where like you could play the same team two weeks in a row, you know how like they sometimes do that in basketball, I would not have any hopes that Harbaugh would watch film. I mean, I'm sure he watches the film, but like learn from the film and adjust. Like, I don't think the team would look any better the second time. And for those of you who didn't know already at this point, Hannah and I have kind of been like gung-ho for... Michigan in all aspects, like, big supporters, like, no matter how terrible it is, like, the most, I don't know, like, uh, like uh, not optimistic, but just, like, willing to see how things play out and unfold, um, but I think for the first time ever, we, like, conclusively decided together that we're over it. Literally. We're over sh- it at this point. Like, I, th- we finally threw in the towel, and if you know anything about us, that's huge. That's so true because there have been so many big games that we've lost where mm-hmm. it's in just past like five years, yeah. It, we're just like no, it's it's fine. Like we we're still all in on Harbaugh. We're all in on Michigan. We're like we just need to fix these few things that we could point to. And I think the big thing here is that I don't know what to point to anymore. Mm-hmm. Everything looked bad on all fronts. There's no I can't make any excuses for this team anymore, and that's why I'm kind of done. And I also thought that it would be better. We had two weeks. Um, to prepare for this game. We had a bye week, and we looked worse. 
I don't know how that was possible, but the first two games, yeah, okay, Middle Tennessee wasn't good. But I was like, okay, that there's some things we can fix in that. Like, it wasn't completely, like, run-of-the-mill garbage. And then we moved to Army, and it got, it, like, declined a little bit. And I was like, okay, maybe we can still, like, tighten things up a little bit, make better, like, play calls, and maybe Shea will get over his, like, inner injury or whatever. But this game against Wisconsin was terrible. Like, worse than the first two games. The worst game I've seen in years. And... I don't see it getting any better. That's actually true because Ohio State last year, and we're getting completely off topic from what we're planning on saying, but Ohio State last year was a really, really ugly loss, and Mm -hmm. it was worse than we could have ever predicted. But I could point to the specific things where I'm like, we need to improve here. Our defense didn't look good. Our defense fell apart against Ohio State because we had some of our starters sitting out. Like There were specific things where I'm like, yeah, this is embarrassing, but if you fixed those things, it would the score would have been a lot closer. Against Wisconsin, I'm like, I'm sorry, that's the team. That's how we look. We looked that bad. There's no excuse there. And going off of the Ohio game from last year, like while that was like absolutely like like, nonsense in terms of, like, being, like, a Michigan, like, fan and being on the receiving end of that. We were down maybe, like, three points at the half, if I remember correctly. And then the game just went into absolute chaos, and we never, ever recovered from it. But from start to finish this past Saturday against Wisconsin, we were never there to compete at all. And it was totally reflected in it. And Wisconsin took it, took it and ran. And they looked really good against a team that did not care. And mm-hmm. I'm not afraid to say that because it was very disheartening and disappointing to see that. And to feel the first time, like, since the Har- like the Harbaugh era started for me was a complete, like, break from it. Like, I disconnected, like, fully. I watched the whole game. Usually I would have turned it off, but at this point I was like, I'm done. So I will watch this game, but at this point... I was just <laughs> laughing the whole time because I was like, how could it possibly be worse? And they just showed us ways to do that. And I, I'm i done. I, I'm done at this point. I really am. But the podcast is still here, to clarify. Yes. I mean, we'll still be here every week, but at this point, I'm not backing our coaching staff. I'm not backing the team. Like, I have, like, I don't, I can't. I can't do it anymore. Like, well, I, there's no way. There's no way for me to back them up if and they, look sane. Like people will be like, "What are you talking about?" That's the thing. If they gave us anything to hold on to, I'd hold on to it. I held on for like nothing. four years to the like, oh, we just need to wait till it's Harbaugh's own recruits and he adjusts to the program. We did that, and then I'm like, we just need to wait till our offensive line is better. Is if the offensive line is that, and I'll be all of a football team. And now it's like, there's no reason that our offensive line shouldn't be good, and yet it's falling to pieces. And like I. There's nobody to blame except for if there's one person who's in charge of the whole thing, and we will get into that later. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, let's not forget that this kind of going back into that, player for player, position for position, Michigan is better. And I don't mean that, I just mean that we have elite talent, and you can't just blame like Wisconsin's better at recruiting or Wisconsin has more talented players. That's absolutely not it. Wisconsin's I would like to see, like, how many five-stars they have compared to us, how many four-stars they have compared to us. That offensive line that absolutely demolished us, those aren't all five-stars. Like, there's – you cannot blame the talent of the players whatsoever in this loss. I think that also just comes – well, Wisconsin, their offensive line is always, like, huge. They're Mm -hmm. massive. And I know it's, like, a daunting task. I've never been, like, on a D-line before in my life because, you know, 
I'm scrawny and small, and I'm a girl. So <laughs> I would, if anything, if I were to play football, I would not be on the defensive line. Um, I'm also not fast, so maybe I wouldn't be on the football team at all. Um, so uh, you can I, make a podcast. I about would it get how that would be daunting, and I know Wisconsin like recruits well in terms of like getting the offensive lineman because they always have a huge offensive line and they're always big and that task is difficult but we had I mean I guess we'll get into it at that point too but like our d-line did nothing with that there was no push from their side and we just look terrible uh yeah let's get into the defense what were your takes on that well I guess like I kind of touched on it but like our secondary like did nothing to like kind of fill in the gaps when <laughs> when Wisconsin's offensive line would open them for their running backs. Like, yeah, remove Jonathan Taylor's 203 yards from the equation. Like, yeah, he did that against their team, but there were still 153 yards from other running backs on Wisconsin's team. That's oh. insane. They rushed for 359 yards against our defense. We haven't looked that terrible Personally, I think since maybe Penn State 2017 where our defense got absolutely smoked in the same fashion, but instead of um, Jonathan Taylor, it was Saquon Barkley. Like, mm-hmm. it, it was bad. And our there was just – it was inexcusable at this point. The running back would run right by our guys all the time, and there was no stoppage, and I – no one came to play at literally, all. Literally. Literally. And that's – Jonathan Taylor is an elite running back. He's a Heisman He's contender. So but – and I think maybe if he was in the entire game, maybe, maybe we would have an excuse. But he was out with cramps for a good chunk of the game, and it made absolutely no difference. I remember, like, when he went out for the first time, went into the medical tent and everything. I was like, this is our time to, like, if we're going to do anything, it's like some, it's time to do it now. Because their best player is gone. And, like, Hannah mentioned, like, toe-to-toe, like, by position group we should have been better we had the positional advantage in every group except running back and yet you wouldn't have noticed that because from like i said start to finish we were just bad Mm -hmm. and i and none of us wanted to play i guess and like even after halftime like nothing changed Mm -hmm. i think everyone just gave up at that point and that's just really disheartening to like see well, so going back into the defense a little bit more before we go into the offense, because we're going to go off on the offense, um, the Michigan's defense just kind of consistently throughout the Harbaugh era, I get it, we're quote-unquote a defensive powerhouse because we do have Don Brown, who I do think is one of the greatest defensive minds in football, but our defense is only elite until it matters, and if you, like, our offense has been my mom pointed this out, has been consistently mediocre. I don't think there has been a season under Harbaugh where we're like, wow, our offense is great. Our quarterbacks are great. Like, there hasn't been a season like that yet. They've always underperformed, but they're consistent at least. And then in the big games, our offense does underperform a little, but they score enough points that our defense should be able to – you know what I mean? Like, except for today, or except for against Wisconsin, they only scored 14 points, but every other big game, our offense has looked the same as it did the rest of the season, and then our defense just falls apart. Our defense falls apart every single big game, and that's why we lose the big games. Mm. It's – I have nothing else to say (laughs) with that because I completely (laughs) agree with that. Like, for something that I, like, rely, like, on as, like, a Michigan fan, like, I find, like, solace usually in the defense because I'm like, okay, like, I know the offense looks bad. But, like, defense, like, is usually pretty solid. But, yeah, there's, like, no way around it, like, when it comes to, like, 
the game that we need them the most and we need them to look like how they look the rest of the season, like, they don't perform to where they have to be. And at this point in the season where it's week four and we've only played three games, I haven't seen them improve at all. And that's, I think this is one of the worst defenses we've had in the Jim Harbaugh era and under Don Brown. And nothing, there's, I don't know, there's no hope left. I don't know. (laughs) Um, yeah, let's get into the offense also because Don Brown is our defensive coordinator and whatever, he's great. Well, uh, we can, yeah, we have Don Brown. And then on offense, we haven't had an offensive coordinator in a while, so this is our first year with Josh Gaddis, who is supposed to revamp the offense. Um, he is not going to last the season. I, I just, don't think so either. I don't yeah. know if they're going to fire him midseason for optics. If they do, I don't think that's a good look because, like, realistically, don't blame your first-year play caller. Blame your head coach who mm. had, like, the, I, I just... The head coach is still supposed to be in charge of the play caller. And mm-hmm. firing him, I I don't know. But whatever. He's not going to last the season. I hope Harbaugh maybe takes the reins back, but I also don't have much faith that that would make a difference because they've been preparing for a Josh Gaddis offense that, like, who knows what a Josh Gaddis offense is? I, I don't. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah. Okay, so, like, at the beginning of the game, we, like, very beginning, I'm talking, like, first possession, first few seconds of the first possession, we looked like we could be good, and then we had two major momentum killers. I can't remember which one came first, the Ronnie Bell catch reversal or the Ben Mason fumble. I think the Ben Mason fumble came first. That was first. Yeah. Because yeah. so, that was, like, that was the, very, the like, third, like, <laughs> offensive play of the game. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, Zach Charbonnet... We'll get into that. Who knows what's going on with Zach Charbonnet. We hand the ball off to none other than Ben Mason, who was a fullback last year, but this year he's a defensive tackle. Apparently, he went back in at fullback. He fumbled the ball. Shocker. He has not been playing on offense all season, and that killed the momentum, and then we lost the game. <laughs> Which you can't blame You can't blame Ben Mason for that, by the way. You blame whoever, out of such desperation, called your defensive tackle in at running back. Yeah, I hate <laughs> you. <laughs> I think there was almost something, like, poetic about it because I think, like, going back to it, when we had the first, I think, Ronnie Bell caught a pass from Shea Patterson, the first offensive play of that, of our offense of the game, and it was for over 60 yards, which I was impressed with. I was like, oh, okay, we can do that, I didn't know that. And then we get to within striking distance to, like, answer Wisconsin. And we fumbled it in the red zone. And it was just so funny (laughs) in the sense... It was. It was. That it wasn't, but it was so funny. And I think that just set the tone to how the game was going to go. I was like, all right, we're playing this kind of game. Nothing has improved. Any kind of glimpse of hope after that first pass of the game, was immediately diminished because after that, Wisconsin scored again. And we were down 14 nothing. It's kind of similar to how the first possession of the entire season, when Shea fumbled the ball and turned it over and then Middle Tennessee scored, that set the tone for the entire season. And that Ben and Mason has, fumble set the tone for the entire game. I was like, it doesn't necessarily matter like who it was, but there's always a fumble. And it changes <laughs> the course of the game would, immediately <laughs> and um, has been the defining moment of our season. And so, honestly, if we go one game without doing that, maybe we'll win. I'll be impressed. No, I don't think we'd win. I think <laughs> I'd just be impressed. I'd be like, wow, we actually survived 
our opening offensive drive. Maybe we'll punt it away. I don't know. I don't care. But if we just don't turn it over, in the sense of giving the ball away to the opposing team, I think that's a win. But that's Maybe really that's sad. Okay. That's a low bar. That's <laughs> a low bar, but that's where we are right now. Also, I, I would just like to say that I think Harbaugh did say in the press conference after that it wasn't Ben Mason's fault that he fumbled it. It was, like, good defense. I don't really care, honestly. I don't honestly. think it was good defense. I, d- I, I just think don't it care. Was terrible thought process from our coaching staff to do that. That is completely... I can't... I... Don't remember where I, what I was listening to, or like where I read or listened to on one of the like Maze and Brew, whatever. Mm-hmm. But it was like the same thing from um, uh, Army, I think it was when they gave the ball to Ben Ben Zim, Van Zimmerman <laughs> and fam- Why can't I talk? <laughs> Fumbled it in the red zone. <laughs> yeah, it was the same thing because you're giving the ball to a guy that's not ready for like that kind of like pressure and like that kind of situation, and. No, it just goes poorly. Like, like, whose idea just, was it? Just give the ball to one of our receivers. I mean, yeah, there. here's, like, a point that we wanted to make about that. Like, while we know, like, this is probably one of the most talented receiving groups that we've had, um, especially under Harbaugh, if you're not open and if you don't try to get open, we don't have anyone to catch the ball. <laughs> also, if you get open and your quarterback doesn't see that you're open because he's not making reads... Then you're not going to get the it's ball like then either. It's a dual-edged sword there. And like, also, if maybe you're a little bit open and your quarterback overthrows the ball or underthrows the ball, you're not going to get the ball then either. That's football 101. We could coach this team. <laughs> or also, if you catch the ball, protect it with your right hand as the ball contacts the ground, maintain possession the entire time, <laughs> it could be called back by a ref. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> because Ronnie Bell had a beautiful <laughs> catch. One of the only good plays of the entire game on Honestly, Michigan's Honestly, the part. same thing. Where the like, pendulum was swinging to maybe give us something, some sort of like semblance of hope of maybe getting back into the game. That happens. Like Even the announcers were baffled by it. They are like, if this was the other way around... And they were trying to see if it was a reception. They would have said, "Yeah, it was." Yeah, which is like well, it's supposed to be. It's yeah, it was so pretty. It was a beautiful catch. Also, if you listened a couple episodes ago, I couldn't remember the word for reception, and I kept saying it was a receive. I was like, he had three receives, and so that was really the only thing that got me through this game. I was like, Ronnie Bell's receive got taken away because it was funny to call it a receive. <laughs> Laugh with me, guys. <laughs> um, yeah, so Ronnie Bell's receive got taken away, and then Harbaugh's teams consistently and. I'll go Beeline's teams as well. Can't overcome these little momentum killers. The momentum gets killed. You can't overcome deficits. You can't overcome these things. There's apparently, and this is specifically Harbaugh's team. This is specifically this year's team. No one in the <laughs> locker room who's there um, impassioning the team, encouraging, mm-hmm. hyping them all up. I have no idea who that would be. Last year it was clearly Chase Winovich. This year I have no idea. It's not Jim Harbaugh. So, like, you have these little momentum killers, a catch reversal, a fumble in the red zone, and then all of a sudden the momentum's gone. None of them like playing football anymore. Yeah. And the game's None of over. them want to be out there. And you could clearly see that. Yeah. When they came back in the second half. Like, they didn't even want to be there. It was it was sad. They looked like they hated it more than we do. It, there was no... Like, you know, as a player on the team, you're supposed to have that mindset of, like, the fans can be discouraged, but, like, your job is you just keep doing what you need to do. There was absolutely none of that. It just got sloppier and sloppier and sloppier as the game went on. Um, <sighs> Let's talk about Zach Charbonnet. Okay, so... While I talked about Wisconsin's 359 rushing yards, we had 40 for the entire game. We played three and a half hours and had 40 rushing yards, half of which 
or Dylan McCaffrey. Dylan McCaffrey was the leading rusher for Michigan's football team. <laughs> that is so funny to me. On Saturday. Because he played what? How many how many minutes was he in the game? I don't even know. I don't want to know because his head was taken off. Yeah, we'll get into that Which as well. is also poetic. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Zach Charbonnet is our little freshman running back who, because we have zero depth at the running back position, um, blame whomever you would like for that. Contrary have, to what you've probably heard from the coaching staff of how it is our deepest <laughs> position on our team. <laughs> because we have no depth at we running have back. No, we have travel through Wilson. I don't, yeah, I think it was, I mean, we had... I think True Wilson didn't We travel. had Son Haskinson for a second there. And Christian Turner was there. He was, yes. And so, ben, ben Zumerin was there, too. And Ben Mason was there. Um, so that count. <laughs> <laughs> we, we have been relying consistently on little freshman Johnny Sarr, Zach Charbonnet. He had 33 carries for 100 yards against Army. He was, in a nutshell, our entire offense. Um... Yeah, there's no more I can say than that. Shea Patterson was not throwing the ball to our receivers. He was handing it off to Charbonnet, and we won a couple games. Um, earlier last week, some rumors kind of were fired. Is that Rumors were spread that Charbonnet was injured and would be out for this game. I still do not know if there was any merit whatsoever to those rumors. But all I know is that Charbonnet had two yards for six carries against Wisconsin. He could be injured. Those rumors could be true. He could just be dead and exhausted because we've relied on him as a 18 year old kid to win two entire football games for us single-handedly i don't know but all i know is it does seem to come down to coaching that charbonnet was not able to play also there was no attempt to like trick the defense or be like oh what are they gonna do hand the ball off to charbonnet or are they gonna throw it because it seems like every time charbonnet went in they just handed it off to him and then he would go out like there was it was there was no mind games there was no attempt to be sneaky it was like twice they handed it off to Charbonnet. actually i think he did block a little bit that's not true but like whatever <laughs> that's my <laughs> impassioned take on it <laughs> i but also does that mean that we were getting a lot more pushback from Wisconsin's D-line? Our offensive line probably did not give a single chance to open up a gap to have a running play. So you're putting a lot of uh, hope in Shea that he was actually making reads there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's just what it seemed like was coming from our offense, but I don't know if it was testament to Wisconsin's defense as well because they did dominate us on both sides of the ball and That's true. I just think, and just the amount of, like, pressure they had on the quarterback and on the pocket itself, because our quarterbacks don't trust our offensive line to protect them, like, they, Wisconsin just played them. <laughs> it's just, it's baffling. I really do, I'm curious about Zach, so, sort of like how I was curious the past two games about Shea Patterson, I was like, I feel like something's up, like, I want to know why he looks so sloppy and like underwhelming and that's how I feel about Zach Charbonnet right now I'm like can you please explain to me why and I mean we had been asking for more RPOs but that doesn't mean we've been asking for them to just give up on Charbonnet completely like I'm just like why did they completely flip the offense from handing it off to Charbonnet every play to like never handing it off to him it's like are we gonna do anything like are we ever gonna have a, a play where it's like the defense wonders what we're gonna do no is that, is that possible? Because I think that was supposed to be the whole point of Josh Gaddis's offense. But then also, like, <laughs> draws in the point that I touched on earlier is that if we're going to go, I'm pretty sure you wrote this down somewhere, like, rely more on, like, our passing game, we have to have, like, one, an offensive line to, like, maintain the pocket so our quarterback doesn't freak out and chuck it somewhere nonsensically. <laughs> and then, two, we need our receivers... Um, to actually get open, 
And if their quarterback is scrambling out of the pocket, they need to be able to get open no matter like where they are in when they're running their routes. Like they there's just you have to get that space between you and your defender. And I think they know that because this is their whole life is playing <laughs> football and yet you're not doing that. And th- like sure, you also have a quarterback, which is number three. And to which Shay Patterson, I don't know what is going on and why in your second season you decided to tank so hard. Um, but where where are you looking half the time? The ball is sailing over your receiver's head every single time. I don't know if that's because you feel pressured because you don't feel protected is at he, all. Is he a shoulder I injury? I, I I don't I don't think it's I don't know if what it is. I mean, you were probably like playing around with like your shoulder later on in the game. I noticed that, but like. Even before then, like I don't where where are you throwing to? Like what are you looking at? What what are you doing? Like And why uh, is this happening now? And if we're trying to implement this air raid offense for twenty nineteen, this was the off season. I mean, I don't know if it was really supposed to be an air raid offense, but more like more it. passing than than years prior. Was the coaching staff aware that we don't have a quarterback who can throw? Because it doesn't look like Shea Patterson can can throw, or at least that that's his strong suit. We know that's not Dylan McCaffrey's strong suit. No. So whose idea was it to come in and bring this offensive coordinator who was going to create, like, to emphasize the pass game if our quarterbacks can't pass? Like, this just seems... Like, I'm, I know that I'm missing something here. Like, I know I sound stupid and there's something I'm just missing. What is it? What am I missing? Like, what, is Shea just, like, drastically worse during the season than they thought he was in the offseason? Like, because... It is just not looking like he's a passing quarterback, which is fine. That's you drop an offense like Wisconsin's. Like, I'm just trying to figure out like how his performance. Like, this is gonna sound like completely outlandish and probably the stupidest thing ever. But in 2016, when Wilton Spate inherited our team, like he was, he wasn't terrible, but he wasn't good. And he, like, led that team. Like, 2016 is probably one of our, like, prized possessions in the Harbaugh era. Well, rightfully so. I wouldn't pick anyone else. But when he returned back for 2017, he was terrible. Because he got injured. Because he got But not even, no, not even before then. Like, he was still bad. No, but he got injured at the end of the 2016 season before the Ohio State game. All of the 2016 season, he was fine. We never complained about him. He was. It was like, we don't have some like Heisman contending quarterback, but he gets the job done. He gets injured before Ohio State. John O'Corn has to go in. John O'Corn's... We never were all behind John O'Corn. And then he comes back for 2017, allegedly better, but he had dropped off drastically, and it's because I don't think he ever fully recovered from that shoulder injury because he was under throwing ever since he came back from that injury and that's what Shay reminds me of yeah. minus the injury like the that's it's what I was just like a, going with yeah. like he it's the same like concept and the fact that like the play just got worse and mm-hmm. you're like you're already taking like an okay quarterback and then now it's just bad and you're like now what do I do and so you throw all this pressure on your Brandon Peters Dylan McCaffrey and then you take them to Wisconsin, <laughs> and then they get mauled, and you have nobody. <laughs> that's that's literally it. That is literally what's happening. Now we're going back to Shea, which, no offense, is probably better than having the realization that you're going to have John O'Corn. But it's still not good. <laughs> and... Are we going to see Joe Milton against Rutgers? Because I don't know what Wisconsin has against us, man. Like, can we <laughs> just keep one? Okay, but here's the thing. Like, 
I like this would have like these next three games like would have all been Dylan's, but Dylan has a concussion and will probably not be seen for the next like month or so. And also to if we're gonna create like we just need a new offense like. And I don't know how easy it would be to just revert to last year's offense midway through the season, but I could really go for some of that right now. Which is really depressing because that was terrible. Too. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm like, what are you? Again, the bar is so low. <laughs> I just want to know what keeps Harbaugh from developing these quarterbacks into elite talent because you have like the Baker Mayfields of the world who were walk ons, and then you have. He was walk-on, right? That's, like, his whole thing. I'm pretty sure that yeah. was. Yeah, and then you have Shea Patterson, who was, like, one of the number one recruits in the country, and you look at how they're developed in college and then their potential. Like, I maybe it's just maybe it's just other coaches get lucky with their talent, but maybe it's that some coaches aren't good at developing quarterbacks, which is weird considering you're an NFL quarterback and you developed Andrew Luck, but maybe, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. Who's to say? Who's to say? Um, okay, let's keep going. Um... We talked about the receivers, right? Yes. Yeah, we did. Okay. Um, oh, well, another point to raise with that, like I talked about the whole not getting open thing, but the other thing is we're not really targeting like our leading receiver from the year before, which is Nico Collins, and as soon as he gets the chance to get open and try and make a play, like he does. And like, Why I don't was know Nico what, Collins like not really there? And I think between like him and Tariq, and DPJ, like, there was just, like, what was it, five yards, I think I saw on Twitter? Between the three of them? Okay. Am so I crazy? Receiving yards, <laughs> Ronnie, okay, no, that's that's not right, but Ronnie Bell had 81 so receiving yards. Just DPJ Nico had, had 68 receiving. Okay. Tariq had like 57. Uh, McCune had 24. Eubanks had 20. Donovan Peoples-Jones oh, had so five they, yards for How many receive. times were they targeted then? Um, Did you say that? No. Okay. Well, not that, maybe that's what it was. Like, the amount of times the three of them were targeted for their duration of the game. I don't really know. And, yeah. But still, that's abysmal. <laughs> Just when... It, I don't know. Remember when we were like, this game will be great because DPJ will be back. And then DPJ... Had, like, it was five like, yards. Yeah, he had five receiving yards. One receive. <laughs> he One was, reception. He was back, like, physically, but all it, literally the only time I noticed him was when he got that unsportsmanlike conduct call. That's because it was passing <laughs> He was, like, freaking out about it. And I was like, um, okay. Yeah. I, and that, like, just goes back to I don't know who to blame. Like, I don't think I'm going to blame DPJ for his lack of receptions. Am I going to blame Shay? Am I going to blame the offensive line? Am I going to blame the offensive coordinator? Am I going to blame the head coach? I don't know. Um, I think it is all, all of them. Like, all of them are, like, interlocking, and, like, they all play off of one of, one of the other. So, like, if you blame one, you blame them all. Yeah. So, at this point, like, it's just solely, like, targeting, like, one player, one group. Like, that's not enough. Like, it's all of them because they're all interlocked together. And it's not fair to just, like, completely, like, single one person out. Like, being like, yeah, Shade overthrowing the ball, like, multiple times throughout the duration of the game. Probably, I think he was around, like, 13 to 42. I don't know. That was from thin air, literally. So, like, if it's long, <laughs> don't come after me. Do you want me to get that stat for Sure, you? whatever. And, uh, but... It was 14 for 32. Wow, I'm so good! Whoa! <laughs> Oh my gosh. Um, and, but like at the same time, like there were other like things coming into play with that. So, like, you can't always be like, wow, Shay is just complete nonsense. And I'm like, wow, that is 
probably true. There are other things that are influencing that as well. And so just don't, like, lock in on him, even though, like, he is the one that is probably the most obvious to most of us because he's the one actually throwing the ball or trying to throw the ball. It's... But... it's similar to a couple years ago when we were blaming, like, when we're like, honestly, John O'Corn might not be that bad, but we'll never know because we'll never have an offensive line that can do their job, so you'll never know if the quarterback is good. It, that kind of goes to this. It's like, you'll never really know because it's not like you're putting him on this elite team where all the all the parts are working together except for him. It's just like nothing's working, and so you can't figure out what exactly the cause of it is. That's very true. And also, another thing that I realized watching this game is that I was, like, as disheartened as I was with the, like, entire team and, like, how I realized, like, this is, this isn't, like, something I am, like, proud of. I'm very embarrassed to be a fan of. Um, like, I lost any, like, means of being able to defend Shay. And mm. I, I, I don't know. I think it was just, like, rough for me. But, like, because I think for a while I was like, yeah, I'm gonna... I think, like, he's still solid, like, blah, blah, blah. But, like, after this, I'm like, I I have nothing. Like, I can't I can't give you anything now. That's and true. And it was, like, really sad. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, like, we're in mourning for Michigan football and for Shea Patterson. Um... Yeah, I, I I literally don't know how to fix this, and like I don't think they the team does either. And I would hope if they knew they would do it, but um, but I don't think they will, even if they did. Mm-hmm. And um, everything just seems like there's n- nothing that they're working towards, like in a sense, like they're not like like as one whole, they're not working towards anything. Like it's all mm-hmm. like. Every man is playing for themselves in a sense, and they're not like playing like together towards something, and they're not playing for each other, and they're not playing for their coach. I agree because a lot of the playing, if you watch it, it looks like an organizational error almost. I don't know, like that's not a real phrase, but like it, no one looks like like they know what maybe. Yeah, just like no one knows where they're supposed to be, no one knows what they're supposed to be doing. People are running everywhere. It just looks like something is missing like people weren't told like I don't know like if you're in this big group and like you're supposed to all be on the same page and no one's really on the same page they're all just kind of like trying to figure out for themselves what's going on like half the time it looks like there was no play that was called like it just looks like they're all like just kind of improvising I think like with that there doesn't look like any like discipline either yes like as a team there's absolutely none and that's just not acceptable anymore. Like, I'm not going to take that. It's not a young team. Yeah. that it. <laughs> you can't say that either because it's absolutely not true. Like, most of our defense are senior members. They've been through, like, the highs of, like, 2016 for some of them, the lows of 2017, and, like, the whatever mediocre nonsense of 2018. 2018 was good. It was, like, okay, if you look back at it now. Just, I enjoyed it, but, yeah, it was you know, okay until the end. I was, like, yeah, the way the end, and it began, the way and that the it ended, I, it just left a sour note in my mouth for them, so, like, I don't care <laughs> for that team. Um, but just, like, even them, like, what are you, why? You guys are old, 
you've been through this team. Like, I don't know, like, if it's, like, your necessary, like, distrust in, like, maybe the, like, coaching and, like, staff. Like, I don't personally, like, know what it's like to be, like, in there every single day. Um, but at some point, like, just, it seems like no one cares enough, so they've given up, and that, in terms of, like, and then you act, not, like, lazy, but, like, you don't care. So, like, you're not doing anything like you're supposed to be doing. And you're completely, like, not listening to anything. Maybe it's because you don't trust, like, the sources that it's coming from. I don't know. You don't know who the heart and soul of this team is. There's, like, no... no there's no nothing. And the other thing is, like... Okay, so this game, everything was bad. The, but if you look at the season as a whole, the three games we've played... Mistakes, stupid mistakes and errors account for so much. It's not like you make occasional small mistakes. It's like, no, we have fumbles. We turn the ball over. We're, we have these stupid penalties that we, like, shouldn't be giving up. And, it like, that, all of those yeah. add up to being, like, like, it's... it's you're not disciplined. Yeah, it's... You're not disciplined. And I wonder if, despite how I think the play calling is often pretty bad and, like, stuff like that, I think if you get rid of the stupid mistakes... Uh, this season could be a whole lot different. Maybe Keep I don't like I don't know like why this team is like actively like trying to <laughs> like I don't know what they're like trying to attempt here, but I, no one has your back anymore. <laughs> like I don't know if that's something you care about because it doesn't like like you care about anything, but like it's not. Like, behavior that is being exhibited is just not excusable. Like, it's... Mm. So before we get into whether or not Harbaugh's on the hot seat, there's just one little... Well, there are a couple moments we would like to reminisce on. First, <laughs> Harley, would you like to share? So, in the trash heap of the, <laughs> game, of the Wisconsin game, there was one shimmering moment of just pure comedy and I think really encompasses this season as a whole. It was somewhere maybe in oh, I was after Dylan was like had his like head taken quarter. off. Um I think it was in the fourth quarter. It was oh man, so funny. Okay. So I'm <laughs> play collapses, Shay's in the pocket scrambling all over the place, about to get tackled chucks the ball backwards to one of his offensive linemen who tries to take it and run a little bit, but he fumbles the ball. And, I mean, obviously, like, an eligible receiver, but <laughs> it was, they didn't even care because it was a backwards pass. And it was so, so funny. <laughs> okay, I'm looking at Michigan rushing yards, and it's like, John Runyon, one carry, minus nine yards. <laughs> There it is. is that, that's that what I mean, might right? be it. It was so funny. Oh, I... Oh, it took a while for us to recover from that because... Shea oh. Patterson had negative one rushing yards. Oh, I'm not surprised. Cool. This is an awesome game that we played of football. Um, <laughs> Go watch then, that. You will also, absolutely die. <laughs> um, this is a, an actual positive moment. Okay, so we scored a touchdown and went for a, um onside kick. With our very own Jake Moody leading the helm of this. And he just looked And really uh, we won the onside kick, which is completely bizarre because, like, you never win those, usually. And the fact that we did is just kind of hilarious because we weren't going to, like, even attempt to try and, like, win. 
this game. Um, I don't know, but he was like super excited, and I loved his positive energy. <laughs> and it was like the only light of the whole game was. Well, also, um, when they went for two, and um, Tariq caught the ball. Oh well, yeah, that was, was kind of nice. cute. Yeah. yeah, that wasn't too bad. That was. I didn't really get why they went for two, but. Sure. Um, it looks a whole lot better, t- I guess, maybe like 35 to 8 instead of 35 <laughs> to 7. Yeah, but 35 to 6, which very well could have been, considering that been how that more was accurate. one of Tariq Black's, how many catches did he have on the game? He had three, so like, yeah. It, statistically, Woo. going for two is quite risky, Harbaugh, but that's, that's our Harbaugh, which, okay, let's talk about it. Is this team worse than 2017? Oh, yeah, that's the, like, main question that I, like, thought about while watching this game. Because before this season, 2017 was probably without a doubt the worst team of, like, the Harbaugh era. We went 8-5, and five, um, got absolutely demolished at Penn State. Um, once Brandon Peters went down against Wisconsin, we lost 24-10. to 10 got steamrolled by Ohio, which is, like, just our MO these days. Mm -hmm. And then I think we dropped MSU as well. And then we were meeting our bowl game against South Carolina, and then it just went down the crapshoot for that, too. And it was just bad. Like, all around, like, we couldn't win big games, which is, like, the usual narrative. The bowl game record just went completely out the window again, so, like, that is another thing that we're known for. We can't win the bowl game either. And... If we just like some things that I was trying to like mimic from 2017 to like this team, like sh- shaky quarterbacks. I touched on this a little bit about how like Walton Spate in 2016 was like okay, not great, went down. I mean, obviously Hannah brought up the injury, but like same thing kind of like with this whole concept. Try to develop the younger quarterback like earlier. Gave Brandon Peters those three games. I think it was like Minnesota, Rutgers, whatever, and like. Then we put him in against Wisconsin in our offensive line, which is another thing that I brought up in comparison between these two teams, is, like, they can't protect for anything. And so then Brandon Peters, like, went down like a sack of potatoes. I mean, granted that Dylan McCaffrey was, um, when he got concussed on, on the second targeting call of the game, like, that was legit. Like, he was, like, already out of the pocket, like, rushing and, like, going and, um, sliding so dirty by the way it was one of the dirtiest plays i've ever seen in football. it was really gross and uh so like that wasn't like similar in that respect but like in terms of like having that second quarterback to kind of like take up the mantle because our starter wasn't performing where we wanted him to that is taken out of the equation again by wisconsin um and so like we're not gonna see like dylan mccaffrey like uh try and like build up to like where he could be over these next three games, because this would have been the time, because we have, like, Rutgers, Iowa, and Illinois. So it would have been the time for... Br- uh, not Brandon. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> see? See? It's, like, same. Dylan McCaffrey. So that is out of the way. So that means we're going to have to go back to Shea. Um, I mean, I don't know if that's, like, the same, like, being like, oh, man, that means I have to go back to John O'Corn. I don't know if that's the same for it's, you. It's not, it's, not, it's not quite on that level, but it's... But, like, our... We op- still don't have options. That's that's the problem, is, like, if Shea's not having a game, like, who else are we going to put it in? Joe Milton? I do think Joe Milton will get some touches. I don't, like... And then, um, I also... Just, like, in that, like, I think I brought it up earlier, how, like, instead of Jonathan Taylor, it was Saquon in terms of getting steamrolled, like, on an away game against a ranked opponent, which we're terrible at, like, playing with. 
our defense gets smoked in rushing. Like, we cannot protect, like, we cannot, de- not protect, we can't defend the run game to save our lives. And I don't know why that is, I don't know, that's just an MO. We don't fill the gaps. They just run all over us. Like, it's nothing. And this team, like, both of them lacked a spark to compete. And mm. none of them, like, it's like they've given up already. Like, both of them had that same MO. Coaching was absolute nonsense for both of them. And I don't, like, in all honesty, like, how the way things are looking, like, I think in 2017 we're like, oh, that's that's not good. But maybe things will get better. We're like, but we like still that, have that, all Harbaugh's recruits. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. This is like third third year of Harbaugh. But this is year five, and it looks the same as year three, and no one should be complacent in being okay with this. It is time to, like, take off your mantle as an alumnus. If you're paying money for this as an alumni, you should not be satisfied with what you're seeing. And if you're a student, you should also be dissatisfied with what you're doing because you're wasting your time there watching Michigan football, paying your money to go there, and... <laughs> paying your money either in like going to your tailgate and getting absolutely trashed paying with your time paying like to get a ticket to get in there and to watch that is just it's awful and in your like you you could be studying or something like not like you would want to but on all honesty that is a better use of your time and money is to study on a saturday which is awful because saturdays are for the boys well for college football too and I think this team is worse, like, at this point. I think this team is worse than 2017, and that is hard to say because that team was terrible. Are you crying? <laughs> no, I'm, like, trying to, like... Okay, got it. <laughs> um, that something... would have, like, added some spice to the podcast if you just broke down crying. <laughs> no, I wasn't going to cry. I was just, like... Yeah, no, I can, get, like, I can tell. Caught in your yeah. throat. No, okay, so, also, going off of what Harley was saying, I get it. Jim Harbaugh is a better coach than Rich Rodriguez and Brady Hook. I understand that. I understand that he did improve the program. Michigan football is a national is supposed to be a national powerhouse. Mm-hmm. We are not paying Jim Harbaugh the money that he's getting paid to be better than Brady dollars. Hoke and Rich Rod. That is not the bar that we have as Michigan fans. Maybe if you're a new Michigan fan, like I know <laughs> and this is a classic Michigan fan thing to say. I have friends who grew up state fans and now they go to Michigan, so they're Michigan fans and they're just like, no, Harbaugh's fine. Like, he's so much better than the people before him. Like, he consistently has a winning record. That's great for the rebuilding year. We're on year five. We're paying Jim Harbaugh this money to be a national title contender, to win the Big Ten, and to consistently have a game against Ohio State. It can be 50 50 against Ohio State. Like, as long as, like, that is what Harbaugh is paid for, and that is the bar that we should have as Michigan fans. I have defended Harbaugh so long mm-hmm. because I thought that he was going to reach that point, and he had been showing improvement from the coaches before him. Mm-hmm. He has not improved since his first year here. He has had five rebuilding years and has not looked better. There's been no improvement from year to year whatsoever. He had one fluky year where he was better, and then the other years it's just on and off. There, Harbaugh is, like, the... As Michigan fans, historically, we should be expecting to consistently beat Ohio State, consistently contend for the Big Ten, and consistently contend for a national title. If Mm -hmm. we're, like, we don't need to be complacent. We, like, as Michigan fans, you have no obligation to defend Harbaugh's honor because he's better than the coaches before him. He has had plenty of time to be Mm -hmm. much more than just better than the coaches before him. And, like, in that sense, like, yeah, while he inherited a program that, like, completely lost, like, what it was 
back in, like, the 90s, the 80s, even, like, before then, like, because of, like, inheriting, like, the Rich Rod era onward, like, I, I get it, like, in that sense, like, it's been really, really, really hard for Michigan football to recover from that, but that doesn't mean that, like, Harbaugh is the answer to solving all of that. Like, yeah, we've gotten astronomically better than, like, the Rich Rod and the end of Brady Hoke era, but, like, at this point, like, don't be, like, satisfied with that because at the end of the day, like, all of us want, like, as a Michigan fan, like, all anyone talks about are the glory days, and there's, like, no such thing, like, in the distant future for us to ever, like, be back on that, and it's just those, like, the national championship is getting further, the last time we won is getting further and further away. Football is becoming more and more modernized, and we're, like, just left behind, and it's not okay to be satisfied with that anymore. Like, I want to be in the running, to be in the college football playoff. I don't want to be a joke anymore. I want to be able to defend my team in front of my family. (laughs) I want to be able to defend my team in front of, like, other people that will question, like, my team's integrity as being a performer. And I can't do that now. And it's really embarrassing because I have nothing. I can't defend myself. (laughs) Defends myself. Can't defend myself anymore. And uh, uh, at what point do I... Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's because a lot of people our age don't understand that Michigan football is historically not just a Big Ten powerhouse, a national powerhouse. And right now they're like, no, we're consistently one of the best teams in the Big Ten. Like, they're comparing us to a Wisconsin, a Penn State. We are not a Wisconsin or a Penn State. Historically, Mm -hmm. we should be better than Ohio State. And people are getting complacent with us being one of the better teams in the Big Ten. That is, We should not be complacent with that. Historically, that is not how Michigan is. There's no reason for us to be okay with that. I don't know when the bar became being an an improvement from Brady Hoke and Rich Rodriguez, because most programs in the Big Ten are an improvement from what Michigan was under um, Rich Rodriguez, especially. Like, there's literally, I don't know. And I think, I mean, we've beaten Ohio State four times in my lifetime. Like, people my age, just unless you have that historical context, don't understand what Michigan is supposed to be. So they're okay with being a consistent 8-5, and 9-4 and four type team. Exactly. Because in, you're, you're not a losing team, which is good. That's good. But, good for Iowa. Good histori- for Illinois. Yeah, yeah, but like like Hannah was saying, historically, that's terrible. We should be going for the Big Ten title every year. That should be the expectation every year is to win that, and then maybe be in contention to play in a national like for the national championship. Like I don't know when. Like that, it just seems so far removed because. I mean, we boast about this all the time, about how we're, the, like, the winningest program in college history, and that is still relevant, because I don't think anyone is close to, like, getting that title ever. Um, Notre Dame. Well, they're, like, a season away, because they got that season taken away. Yeah, whatever, go on. <laughs> no, that doesn't count. No, no one, no one is close. Um, and I, I just don't, like, it's, hmm. Yeah. Historically, like, people would look back on this, and if they're noticing a trend, they're like, wow, I'm glad I wasn't around for this. And I don't know, like, when Michigan lost its identity as being a national contender, but it happened, and it hasn't come back. 
And the last time we won the national championship, some of these people weren't even born yet. Yeah. No, that's true. Because it was, what, 99? 97. 97. 90, right? I was not born in 97, would like to say. Um, and then a lot of thing, thing, a thing that a lot of people are asking is if we fire Jim Harbaugh, which, by the way, Jim Harbaugh is not going to be fired, but he could be secretly encouraged by the athletic director to take the next NFL job that comes his way. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think he'll just be fired, but I think he could magically leave for a different program. Um, that would be my preference. Yeah, mine too, just because I, I like the dude, and he is a Michigan man, and I want him to go down in history as a Michigan man. Um, I don't know if he will, but people are saying who is our next head coach because weirdos are calling for Urban Meyer, which, by the way, will never happen. Just on, like, both aspects. Like, Urban Meyer would never come here, and Michigan fans wouldn't want him. No. Like, bandwagon Michigan fans might, or, like, people who don't have, like, history with the program, but if Michigan's whole thing is being, like, having the most integrity in, in college sports, like... No, it's it's Urban Urban Meyer is not going to happen. There is the question of who is better than Jim Harbaugh, but at this point, Harbaugh has not set the bar that high. Like exactly. there are a lot of like you would have to take a chance on someone, guaranteed. And I don't have a list of names off the top of my head. I've like screenshotted some lists that other people have given. All the people are kind of gambles. Like you don't really know what they could do with this program. But at this point, the seasons that Harbaugh has had at Michigan aren't setting the bar all that high to, like, you don't need one of the best coaches in the country to come in. And I get, like, why, like, people probably wouldn't necessarily, like, want to be, like, oh, why why would we want to fire Harbaugh? We're not losing. And I get that um, because I was here for – I'm really old and I still go to Michigan. And uh, <laughs> I was here for Brady Hoke's last season, which was 2014, and we went 5-7. and seven. No one went to games anymore because we were complete garbage. And I don't think anyone should go to games anymore this year because we were complete garbage. And I, I don't, the bar was just so low at that point. And, like, I don't know where I was going with this, honestly. But I, Does I, it feel similar? It really does. I think that's probably what I was thinking. And then my brain was like, don't do that. That's depressing. Um, but it's like, uh, oh, that's what I was going for. Okay, so five and seven. Obviously, you want to call for like in like over the course, oh yeah, um, of the whatever his like tenure at Michigan, like Brady Hoke, like it just got worse, and so like that like calls for like you know being fired from like a Michigan fan base like perspective, and like that's why I like kind of agree that. Harbaugh should just kind of, like, scatter off to somewhere else um, <laughs> if the it's opportunity arises. And honestly, if, like, our AD, like, should tell Harbaugh that, honestly. Um, because I, like, even if he likes Harbaugh, like, I don't think he's going to want to deal with the Alumni Association and other fans constantly being on, like, on breathing down his neck and right now. And I know they are doing that right now as we oh, speak. Oh, yes. And it's the Maybe same alumni who were critical in getting Harbaugh fi- hired, by the way. Exactly. Like, they, they were kind of, they mobilized and did that. Yeah. Exactly. So, I, I don't think it's misplaced. And I think that I don't have any sway to tell him to do so. But I think Harbaugh... If given the opportunity to go elsewhere, go elsewhere, because no one backs your programs anymore. Or maybe I shouldn't say no one, but most people I don't. I did a poll on my Instagram story. It was like 85% of people 
think that it's time to move I on from time. Jim Harbaugh. I think it's time to move on. This game was just kind of, and it had been building. Like, it's not like we just randomly, like, flipped the switch. But mm-hmm. it's that we had been hanging on to anything we could use to defend yeah. Jim Harbaugh. And at this point, the program has been stagnant for all five years. He has not improved from year one, no matter how many opportunities he has been given. Mm-hmm. It's not for lack of talent on his team. It's obviously not for lack of, like, resources. There's... When the program collapses like this and you can't point to anybody in particular, you've got to point to the guy at the top. Yeah. I think it's time for a shakeup. And I also, like, don't know, like, who we would bring in. Um, But at this point, I think we should start looking. Mm -hmm. Do you want to start looking? Are we we athletic directors? No. Are we we the head coach? We should tell No, I don't want the job. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so we're playing Rutgers next week. Um... A pretty even matchup there. So, actually, right now we're a 29-point favorite. Do you think we will cover the spread? Because I see us winning by a couple touchdowns, maybe not 29 points. It's like maybe a couple touchdowns. I think it will probably be an even matchup. Rutgers might score first. Oh. We'll fumble on the first drive. Let's put money on that we'll fumble on the first drive. I, I don't know who we'll give the money to. We'll donate $5 to charity if we don't fumble on the first drive. <laughs> That's very true. Um, I think Rutgers will score first, like I said. Michigan will go uh, fumble. We might squeak out the win at the end with a few, like, touchdowns and garbage time. And, um, yeah, the bar is low. And one... Should be a great game at home. One last question before we go. Um, we have... Okay, Rutgers, Iowa, Illinois, Penn State, Notre Dame, Maryland, Michigan State, Indiana, and Ohio State left. Which games are we losing? Um, let's see. I... Think we will mm, at this okay. So at this point, I think we're gonna drop to Penn State because it is gonna be on the road. It is gonna be in a really hostile environment. It's gonna be a night game. They're wide out. I don't think it's gonna be a night game anymore. I think so. I don't think they already did. They announce the TV time yet? I think it was supposed it was slated to be a night be. game because it was gonna be a really close game. But if it's not projected to be a close game anymore, they might move it up. I don't know what it is, but still, the whole concept is still there. Penn State will probably look better than us. We're gonna get steamrolled. Um, and I just don't see, like, just the way we're playing now, like, there's no way we're going to be Penn State. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame, absolutely not. They're going to make us look like sissies. Michigan State, the way that they could be, like, on an upward swing, they'll probably beat us as well. There's no way we're going to beat Ohio. We're going to be absolutely demolished. There's, I, I'll be, it'll be a miracle if we get, like, a field goal. I, I there's, there's a chance we could get shut out, honestly. I think we could. And, honestly, if I had to pick between, like, maybe losing to, like, Maryland or Iowa, it's one of those two. So, like, we will probably end the season with mm, five wins. And if that isn't shocking to you, you have to do something. (laughs) Like, you have to do something. (laughs) You personally have to do something. Like, just reflect on that for a second and then realize, like, what we're, like, what people have been saying about the program it's all relevant, all true, and we should no longer be satisfied with it because we're on the trajectory of only winning five games. Okay, so I think, yeah, we'll, we'll drop to Notre Dame and Penn State. Michigan State always comes down to something fluky, and I think that will be a close game because they're currently 25 and we're 20. Um, so it will literally just come down to who has the weird fluky plays. Ohio State, the only reason, I mean, all logic says that we will get shut out against Ohio State. Mm-hmm. The only reason I say it might be different than that is because they always play their best against... We always play... 
they played their best against us when we were projected to win. Like, you know, I don't know. I feel like weird things could happen against Ohio State. Like, it never really comes down to who looks better in the regular season. It just comes down to who's better that day. So anything's possible. But, like, how well, we look right now. it's usually Ohio. Yeah, no, it's always Ohio. Um, do we want to do superlatives? Well, we don't really have superlatives because everyone was sucky. Okay, that sounds good. I hope this um, uh, podcast put you guys in a good mood and made <laughs> you really feel motivated to... Attack this day with an enthusiasm unknown to mankind. Attack this program with an enthusiasm <laughs> unknown to mankind. Because this is your team, and you should be proud of them and not be embarrassed. And if you're listening to this and you're like, wow, these girls are stupid. This entire loss came down to this one thing, and if they fix that, the program is fine. Please let me know. I would no, love you that encouragement. That. No, there's no way. You <laughs> no, know it's a holistic, like, program error. I, but there's I just, no way you're going to be like, one play would have changed the course of this game. There's no, 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 no. I'm just saying if there's any hope for me to hang on to, I would love to hear it. I just no, don't think No, there's no hope. The season is over, Aww. honestly. If there's any hope, please send it. Don't DM it to Harley. DM it to me. Um, thanks for listening. We will see you guys next week after our rivalry game against Rutgers. <laughs> Go blue, I guess. Yeah.